This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager. Welcome to the show. Unfortunately, I am on my own tonight as I have pushed recording back a little bit late and unfortunately Meredith is not able to join us. Matt is getting ready to travel. So those two were not going to be on the same show yet anyway, so I don't feel quite as bad. But Meredith did do some notes uh, for the show, so I'll, I'll share her insight when I get a chance. But uh, let's get to the EdTech news of the week. Our first story, in an opinion piece on EdSurge, we get a roadmap of sorts on how to make painless and effective EdTech purchases. This article talks about some of the hurdles that districts and administrators face when making EdTech purchases. I mean, essentially, it's written by the head of an EdTech company, and not surprisingly, he wants us to be able to painlessly make EdTech purchases, of course. I mean, when you're the head of an EdTech company, I'm sure you would like it when people could purchase your equipment painlessly, if possible. Um, there is some good info on conducting a pilot with some pre- and post-evaluations, and they throw some good questions in there for you to think about. Uh, mainly how you're evaluating things. And my only real issue here is that, you know, he does make an assertion that educational technology has been proven to be effective. And I don't really believe there's any data so far that's proven that educational technology is really effective in terms of our students' test scores and other other measuring uh, devices that we have. Um, and I think uh, Meredith wanted to mention, and she actually asked me to say it in her try to you know mimic her voice i'm not going to do that you guys you deserve better than that i'm not going to do that but she basically was you know really highlighting the part where it says what does success look like for our students and how can we measure it and you know that is definitely a really a really important thing and, and, and as she mentions it could prove pretty challenging so i think um that's definitely a good point and she also wanted to mention that schools and districts do sink a lot of money into some of the latest ed tech and she was wondering maybe if there was a possibility of renting technology or leasing or something like that that's definitely an interesting thought i haven't heard anyone do anything like that but um yeah that's something to definitely look into our next story is from american enterprise institute which um according to matt it's a very conservative organization i guess um he put some notes in here as well uh, Bill Gates explained at a conference in San Diego that EdTech hasn't really improved stu student learning. Now, this seems to be completely contradictory uh, to the previous article that we just saw that, you know, EdTech definitely improves education. I think this is a little more realistic, and at first glance, it might seem a bit surprising, but when you consider that EdTech is mostly being used for support systems that are sort of already in place, it kind of makes sense that it wouldn't just generally improve education. Uh, maybe just the ease of moving through the systems that you're using, but not necessarily just improving education. Again, I, you know, I think that there's a lot of people be, oh, uh, you know, he's Bill Gates. He's a, a technology guy. And for him to say it's not, I mean, that it's not really working or not improving education is like slanderous or something. But I think it's actually just fairly accurate. I mean, as exciting as ed technology is, we really don't have any data that says that it's doing anything special in and by itself. And so, you know, I think, you know, Meredith was saying that, you know, she'd agree that spending money on technology isn't going to fix or save education. It's a tool, a tool to engage and a resource to pull from. And I, and I think she's right. And I think if you listen back to some of our other shows, Matt and I have talked about that and said similar things. Um, not saying she is copying off of what we said, her opinions. Those are her own, I'm sure. But, um, you know, it is an interesting point because, 
a lot of times we look at ed tech as that silver bullet that's going to fix everything. And, it, and it's really not. It's going to be something that, you know, and especially, and I think even Bill Gates mentions in his talk and the article kind of highlights, you know, it's okay for it to be super small scale stuff. Like it can be school by school or even classroom by classroom when you think about educational technology. It doesn't have to be the whole district or the whole state or the whole country or the whole world for that matter with one fix. It just doesn't seem to work that way. All right, let's get on to our last story now. EdTech Magazine explains how vendor alliance programs can benefit colleges and students. Now, this story talks about how having students use the newest technology can benefit them for after college and when colleges partner with these companies for free or or inexpensive licenses. It's basically a win-win. Now, the main idea is getting students to have hands-on experiences with things that are being used in the industry. Um, And it mentions a few schools and companies in this article that have formed alliances. And I definitely think this could be a really good concept, uh, you know, to be used for specific use cases, though. I mean, this is, you know, using data points or, you know, using specific types of programs that the industry is using. And and you definitely have to build a partnership there. But it's something that I think can actually work well. Uh, for colleges and for students, as long as the, you know, classes that it's being used in make sense and sort of further the learning that's going on in that class and also prepare students for after. So I think it's pretty awesome. And so today we do have a featured segment, and I want to talk about this because it was uh, actually uh, pointed out to me or shown to me by uh, our first uh, guest on the show, Carla Kometz-Morris, and she uh, let me in on this little vocal ID uh, company and it's if you want to visit the website and I'll of course put it in the show notes on edtechweeklyshow.com but go to vocalid.co and it's a really cool thing that they're doing it's basically getting a voice bank together for those who do not have voices for uh, one reason or another whether they've lost them or whether from birth they haven't been able to use their voice um, it's really cool because if you think about it even Stephen Hawking you have this robotic sort of voice and in our head um, we don't hear ourselves that way. You know, we don't hear ourselves as a robot. And I'm sure people even who have never heard their own voice would not equate themselves with sounding like a robot. So what this company does is they allow you to set up, sign up an account, and you can record words and phrases. And so they're getting a database for people who have uh, speech uh, impairments or who cannot use their voice and have to use uh, aided, you know, computer-aided speech it gives them the opportunity to choose somebody who sounds close to them or like them. I rec- I definitely recommend you check this out. It's a really cool opportunity for you and even your students or your children, of course, um, to kind of just give to uh, a community that is out there trying to help those who do not have a voice and help them. And there's a pretty cool uh, video on their site that you should check out. It's definitely pulls at the heartstrings, but it's something that's really cool. And I think you don't, if, if you don't have the loss of your voice, you don't really think of what a big deal that would be to be talking to someone, you know, whether you're typing it in or using some other input device for it to, you know, output speech. And it sounds like a robot and not like a real human being, especially I would assume for kids, it would be even worse. You know, a little girl who's trying to talk to her friends or to her parents and she just hears this robot sound. So definitely check it out. Go to vocalid.co, sign up. Um, I've already recorded like about a hundred phrases in there and there's tons to record. And it it really is cool. They kind of match 
your voice with also sort of a inherent sound if if the person that there uh, is getting speech help with uh, actually can make some sort of noise, then it will actually use that as well to sort of kind of craft their own voice. So really super cool stuff. Definitely check that out. Um, and uh, so that's the end of the show. Uh, I apologize again that we didn't have Matt or Meredith with us tonight, but uh, I'm pretty sure at least one of them will be back next week, hopefully both of them. And uh, in the meantime, if you want to interact with the show, go to our subreddit. That's edtechweekly.reddit.com. Uh, you can post some story ideas there, some notes, other things that you might find of interest for EdTech. Uh, go ahead and put those in there, and we'll talk about them on the show. And then also, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at 4TechTeachers, the number 4TechTeachers. Of course, our favorite phone number, Matt's favorite phone number, 305-92-TECH2. And then uh, EdTechWeekly at gmail.com. You can go ahead and email us there if you want to as well. Well, we appreciate you guys being with us. Again, last last episode was our year anniversary, so we're starting year two now, and we hope to uh, keep making the show better. So give us some suggestions at any of those contacts if you're interested in helping us out to uh, have a better show. And we will see you next time on EdTech Weekly.